hello i am back to share um something i was supposed to share from last week that i wasn't able to but i want to be obedient so i'm going to share it with you guys today um so little background i was um you know up early one morning and i just kept hearing um these words just in my spirit over and over and over again I want more, I want more, I want more. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Like, why am I keep hearing that? And I was reminded of a message that I had um, preached back in uh, 2012. I'm not sorry, not 2012. I don't know why I said 2012. 2020, <laughs> New Year's Eve. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I wanted to be obedient and come on and share that. I'm um, going to be reading some scripture, then I'll give the message that I give, gave that particular day. Uh, so the scripture is out of the book of Job, chapter 1, 13 through 22. And I'm reading out the CSB Bible. Okay. One day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, the Sabians swooped down and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, God's fire fell from heaven. It burned the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. That messenger was still speaking when yet another came and reported that Chaldeans formed three bands, made a raid on the camels, and took them away. They struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. He was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on the young people so that they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job stood up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Okay, so before I get into the message, I always, you know, prayer, pray, and I'm going to pray the same prayer that I prayed on that day because I always write my prayers down. So, Father God, once again, you've allowed you've allowed me to be used to preach and teach your word. Thank you for trusting me to be a vessel to speak to your people. Use me as you see fit. I gave I give your Holy Spirit full access to reign, rule and abide in me. Fall on me, Holy Spirit, and help me to deliver this word the way it has been given to me, not by not my way, but your way, Heavenly Father. Have your way through me and in me. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so again our scripture came out of the book of Job, uh, chapter one, verses thirteen through twenty-two. Okay. So who in their right mind would say, yes, Lord, I want more. I want more of your pruning. I want more of your chastisement. I want more of your crushing. I want more of you telling me, no, not yet and not right now. Give me more. Is there one? 
Everybody wants to be blessed and highly favored, but nobody wants to go through the process, the trials, the tribulations, the wilderness season. No, we just want to wake up in the morning smelling all good, looking good, and walking around like we shouldn't be tried and tested, like we shouldn't be pulled to the side and read our rights or told we are out of order. I don't know about y'all, but I've given God permission and full access to read me my rights anytime he chooses. He can smack me upside my head anytime he thinks I'm out of line and missing the mark. If he catches me sidestepping, he can check me and get me back in proper order. Have you given God that kind of access? Doesn't God know what is best for us? Doesn't he know the plans he has set for us, uh, set for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us? Isn't he an all-knowing God? Wasn't he the one who knew us while we were still in our mother's belly? How can we just go against or outside of his will for our lives? Where in the Bible did it say that we wouldn't have trouble? that we would be off limits to spiritual warfare and the likes of the enemy. If I recall in the book of Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, it tells us to armor up and be ready for battle. Did Job ask for any of the hurt and pain that came his way? Did he ask for these messengers to come into his presence? Did he ask for the fire to fall from heaven and burn up his 7,000 sheep and his servants? Did he ask for the Sabians to swoop down, take his donkeys and kill his servants? I'm just going to take a brief pause here because we all may not know who the Sabians are. So let me make it plain and clear. They are who some would call mighty fine people. Isn't that how some in the Republican Party would describe them? They're liars, they're cheats, they're murderers and thieves, but mighty fine people. They were just having a bad day. That's who the Sabians were. Now back to our regularly scheduled discussion. Did Job ask for the Chaldeans to form three bands, raid his 3,000 camels, take them away and kill his servants? Okay, so we already spoke about the Sabians. Now we are hearing about the Chaldeans and who are they? Mighty fine people. Let's keep moving. Did Job ask for the wind to blow so fiercely across the wilderness like a tornado causing the house where his children were to cave in and kill them all? All of this happened one right after the other, leaving no time to mourn the first situation or even to process through it. But what did Job do? Job 120 says this. Then Job rose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. Okay, let's break this thing down one by one so it's clear to everyone. Because when I read it, I had to read it again like, wait a minute. All of what this man just heard, he didn't flip out. He didn't lay not one hand on anybody. He didn't flip over that one table he didn't even release not one curse word. Okay, so the first thing he got up after the whirlwind of bad news, I'm pretty sure he had to take a seat to keep from falling over. Number two, he tore his robe. To tear one's robe can mean many things. It can be a demonstration of grief, mourning, deep distress, deep sorrow, and in some cases, sincere repentance, and even as an expression of anger. Okay, number three, he shaved his head. 
this is to be said as a normal custom excuse me in those times when one was in mourning okay number four he fell on the ground he was getting in position but for what number five he worshiped this is what took me out instead of running to others to complain picking up the phone girl you do you know what happened he didn't fall to the ground kicking and screaming either he worshiped god god allowed this to transpire in the life of Job because he knew his son he knew his child aren't we all children of god don't you think he knows each and every one of us and how we're going to act or respond to situations don't you believe that he hears your prayers don't you believe that he sees and listens to our interactions with others he knew how Job was in his daily life. That's why he had no problem allowing Satan to check him. Wealth isn't a must for everybody. God had, I'm sorry, Job had many possessions, but he was good. He didn't mean, it didn't mean more to him than his relationship with God. Job loved his children. He knew they were not perfect, that they weren't on the same spiritual journey as him, but that it did not stop him from doing this continually. Let me draw to your attention the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. And they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Job did what many of us Christian parents would do, but in the end, God has a final say because once again, he allowed all of this to play out. Only Job was off limits. Anything and everyone else was fair game. That may come off as sounding harsh, but we all have to make an individual choice. We have the option in choosing our destiny and who and what we will serve. Job was a part of the kingdom of God that declares for God I live and for God I will die. He was about that life. Many people only appear that way on the surface, let one thing go wrong in their life and they're running around screaming and shouting for everybody to come help them. They are sending out an SOS to everybody but God. Why do we as Christians sometimes do that? We say we know God, we love him, we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We believe that he died on the cross and was risen, but we don't trust him to rescue us, to renew us, to revive us. My question is why? If we read our Bible, we have so many accounts of who in the Bible trusted God. And not only that, they trusted him with their life. The apostles, many of them lost their life because they wanted more. Jesus, he was crucified, but yet he rose. Moses, he didn't even get the promised land, but he still wanted more. Daniel, the lion's den, need I say more? 
Jacob, he wrestled with God because he wanted more. Mary, the mother of Jesus, nowadays what man you know is going to accept you having a child that isn't his and not only that, but going to believe that God did it. Mary wanted more. Joshua, even though he saw what Moses had to deal with, he still wanted more. Noah, can you imagine being stuck in the ark with all the funky animals pooping and peeing all over the place? But Noah wanted more. Hannah, she gave up her double portion. She prayed and she fasted. She was disrespected by the priest Eli, tormented by her husband's other wife, but still she chose more. Esther, she was straight gangster too when she declared, if I perish, I perish. She wanted more. So many others, the list goes on and on. But in spite of all that, they had to go through and endure. They still wanted more of God. More of God is going to come with some testing of your faith. Do you really believe and trust him? Are you really going to wait on him? Are you really going to walk in your calling? Are you really going to place your desires aside and allow his will to be done? Have you ever in your flesh decided that you just wanted to give up, but your spirit is screaming, I want more. I have had those kinds of days if we're being honest we're human but my desire is to be more like Job I want that Job kind of faith when trouble comes my way I want to fall down and worship because I know if I make it to the other side of this there is a blessing waiting on me and guess what it's not always monetary either Just being blessed to live another day is sometimes all the blessing some of us want. Another day of life is another lost soul to save and speak life into. But also Job 13.15 says this, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. We don't have to take our feelings to anyone else. I would rather vent to God. Take your petitions to him. Can't nobody do anything for you but touch and agree. Who is going up against God? I'll wait. Jonah tried to run off, but when he came to his senses, what happened? We found out in Jonah 2 that after he was swallowed up by the whale, he prayed to God, or better yet, pleaded. Even Jesus had to declare, not my will, but yours be done. Some of us will allow the simplest stuff to come along and ruffle our feathers, but I'm always reminded of what the Bible says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Even though Satan wants to sift you like wheat, the Lord has prayed for me that my faith will not fail. Luke 22, 31, 32. I'm going to close by saying this. So many people will miss out on God and what he has for them because they choose to go with the crowd. What am I saying? 
I had a friend that was very dear to me some years ago. We had been friends for well over 10 years. And one day I shared one of my heart's desires with her and her response broke me. She said, I don't see you as having that or God doing that for you. And you know what God's response was? Get rid of her. End the friendship. I don't need you around people who are going to block what I'm going to do in your life or try to deter you off the path that I have for you. God should be alpha and omega in our lives, the beginning and the end. What he says should be paramount in our lives, but we often look to or listen to people like they got more power than God. I wish I could tell y'all some of the things that God has done and will do in my life. The things he has already shown me, the places he has already set in motion for me to go. But sadly, many won't believe and many won't touch and agree because guess what? It's already done and I know along the way I will have some trials, tribulations, and negativity in every step that I take. But God, I want more. Can I say this before I close? Many don't want more. They are happy and content with where they are. And that's fine because we all aren't called to reach the same levels. Some of us are called to go higher. Some of us are okay with taking those jabs from the enemy because we know that new levels will bring on another level of warfare. God has already built us up for battle. We are battle ready. Each level requires more from us. Yes, we may be happy and content with where we are already, But guess what? God has called us for more. This isn't even about material things. This is about going after the lost, the lonely, and the left out. If we stay on our current level, how do we reach them? How can we even fight through the opposition to get to them on our current level when the places where they are require a whole different mindset? A whole different set of tools that we haven't even acquired yet. A whole different layout of a battlefield. How will we know when we're in a room full of snakes if we haven't even leveled up in our prayers and discernment? I know I said I was done, but let me share this one last thing with you. Someone told me this uh, some time ago. That when we get a word to share that it's going to be for us first and then everyone else. Can I say this word has really done something to me from the first day that the Holy Spirit began to download it. I began to think about it almost every day and I could feel this shift in my mind taking place. I began to not feel cool with the level that I was on and I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine and she had to check me. While we can often feel like we are being obedient to God, there are times when I allowed myself to be stagnant because I didn't move. So she asked me, do you really believe that God has allowed you to write all these books just because? Do you really believe God has allowed you to get your PhD just because? Why haven't you moved? Is it because you're not confident enough to do what he has clearly called and allowed you to do? When are you going to move? And can I tell you those words hit me hard. God chooses who he will call. God chooses who he will advance to to another level. Job didn't gain any of what he had on his own. God allowed him to have it all. 
Job was committed to the process. You heard when I read about him continually praying and, and interceding for his children. That takes commitment. You heard me tell you of how he fell to his knees and worshiped God after all the destruction that took place in his life. God promotes, not man. Job's friends were going in on him. His wife was going in on him. And the whole time he was still committed to his faith in God. How did God repay him? And check this out. He didn't even ask for any of what God gave him. Okay. So Father God, I have, I have finally come to realize that as I grow, my prayers should grow. I know now that with every level of elevation, I need to step my prayers up and even my level of faith. I can't sway to the left or to the right. I need to be firm and stand strong. So many of us that call ourselves Christians are only touching the surface. Father God, take me deeper. I want all of you. And if that means I will be attacked, I want more. If that means I will be talked about, I want more. If that means I will be rejected by this world and the people in it, I want more. Father God, I want to be completely honest with you. I don't know it all. I don't know what this calling on my life means to enemy territory, but I want more. Father God, the Bible shows me what often happened to those that shows you, but still in spite of it all, I've read and even had to experience and endure in my own life I want more who will touch and agree with me father God in the mighty name of your son Jesus we pray amen okay y'all so that is what I wanted to be obedient and come on here and share about I want more I want more I want more, I want more, I want more. I don't care how dark it gets. I don't care how lonely it gets. I don't care how, um, I don't care how bad it gets. I still want more. We've read countless stories in the Bible of people who have, um, had to leave people places and things and they when they chose God and they still chose to want more so I want more I will push through the hurt I will push through the pain because I want more of God and less of me I want more and I know why I woke up that morning and that was in my spirit just over and over and over again and why I was told to come out here and share this because we're going to go through some things in this life this journey um, on our Christian journey the journey to get um, to the kingdom of God to continually stay in his presence it's, this is not an easy thing it's not um, it's lonely okay people will um, curse you people will try and crucify you um, this is not an easy thing and a lot of people don't know what they are signing up for when they say yes to God <laughs> they don't know um, but you have to be strong. We have to be strong. I mean, there's we're not the only ones out here. There's there's still some. He still has some. I mean, it 
you know everybody you know people will say they are christian but you have to look at their life you have to look at their walk you have to look at everything that they're doing check that fruit check the fruit okay because people could say anything people can say anything and you know um we did our 90-day devotional on healing most of my healing has um, that I've had to go through is because of the hands of people who say that they are Christians people that say that they are for God and they're for his people and they're um, his servants and they want to do his will most of the things that I had to go through on my Christian journey has come from the hands of people the mouths of people who say they are for God (laughs) and it is um it's sad it's sad um and some folk don't like you to share about that because they say it puts a a bad light on the church is that we already out here looking bad okay we already out here looking bad the whole world looks at us and just laughs sometimes and it's sad because people have come into this um come into god's house they've come into um this um i don't know what to say about it but yeah be strong because i i this is one thing that i will tell anybody I will never leave God okay the churches you know these people will um, you know say that the church is a building the church is not a building that's just where we we meet at sometimes okay we can be in our own houses and still have church okay Um, and we have to get out of that religious mindset Um, but yeah I want more I want more I don't I I don't care how bad it gets I really don't you know I've been through a lot and I'm not ever going to leave God I may leave people places and things (laughs) but I will never leave God okay and um I want more I want more since I woke up that morning that last week I've been reading this to myself um um when it comes to mind I want more um and this is probably one of my favorite messages that i have preached thus far you know um it just it just it speaks to me it spoke to me um over a year ago when um i received it to share um with the church that i was um at that night and um it's always going to be my go-to because it's always going to be my declaration I want more I want more I don't care how bad it gets I don't care who walks away from me I don't care who doesn't accept me I don't care who um, you know doesn't support me I still want more you know because I want more of God I want more of his um, his unconditional love I want more of his guidance i want more of his comfort i want everything that um comes with being his daughter every single thing and that means the hurt the pain trials tribulations all of that because all of this stuff is just building me up it's making me stronger while i've had to go through these hurting times and these hurting seasons i've I, 
continually God brings me out and I see the difference I see the change I see the strength I see the courage so I'm going to always want more okay so I just wanted to come out here and be obedient and share with you guys I pray that you will grab something out of here you know that you will take it and run with it and just this will become your declaration as well I want more okay so this is dr tamara i will see you guys next time until then well i'll talk to you guys next time <laughs> until then be blessed